welcome to episode 000 of the Lively Mind podcast, a show by two ordinary guys dedicated to raising mental health awareness. I'm Fabian, recording here in Shenzhen, China. And I'm your co-host, Gabe, coming at you from Singapore. And we're really excited to kick things off. This is our first podcast, so bear with us uh, for any stumbles or, or technical issues. <laughs> But uh, again, really, really excited, really grateful. And we're going to be talking a little bit about mental health in Asia in general terms, as well as our experiences living here uh, the past few years as expats. And uh, to kick things off, just looking at some of the statistics here, we see that very similar to countries in the Western world, we have rising rates of, of depression, anxiety, PTSD, suicidal behavior, and substance abuse particularly in higher income countries. So if you look at Japan or South Korea, for example, you see that anxiety in particular runs very, very high. And this is likely due, as you can imagine, to a tremendous amount of pressure to perform in work and school, as well as conform to societal norms. Uh, my co-host Fabian has spent some time in Korea. So Uh, how about you talk to us a little bit about what that experience was like? Yeah, so basically the time I lived in Singapore this year, I traveled a lot around Asia. So I've been like to South Korea, to Seoul, China, Hong Kong, Taiwan um, and Malaysia. But uh, yeah, also my stay in Singapore. And I saw a lot in these countries, social pressure, like everything has to be better. You have to get a good, good job. Um, and yeah, whatever it is. And this basically, I can imagine that gives like anxiety. Uh, you feel depressed when you don't meet the expectations of your parents, of your university, of your own friends. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. it's a big thing. Yeah, you, you make a good point. I think, you know, from talking with, because uh, again, I have a lot of like local Singaporean friends here and uh, what what you know is kind of continuously mentioned time and time again is this enormous uh pressure from a young age especially in education to really go all in and that's not to say you know growing up in the US that there's there's obviously a lot of pressure on education but i think what i reflecting back now feel a little more grateful for in my own childhood is is just the balance right uh it's not solely in education and investing in school like there was more there was more acceptance in in branching out to sports or the arts and trying new things yeah i, I think, think you know yeah I particularly think that, as a young kid that's mm, important right so. yeah I, th i think that you see that in the western world like definitely also in europe kids can be a kid in a sense where definitely. here i have the feeling in asia kids cannot be a kid yeah <laughs> we yeah, like yeah, I, i when I, when i compare myself like with friends from from the same age I am here in Asia and how I grew up I like played in the mud I got dirty I played in in trees and whatever it is and I was every single day outside where here people I know every single day there's like a certain pressure you go to extra classes you improve this you improve that and definitely also in Singapore like Singapore is not big in sports itself too like if you compare with other countries and right right yeah yeah it's it's true and uh even just looking at this a bit more, right? Like uh, there was there was some interesting research out of Taiwan earlier this year that was looking at, I think, 35 schools all around uh, the country of Taiwan. Yeah, it says 35 schools in 15 cities. And uh, this, this particular study found nearly a third of Taiwanese children 
were experiencing some sort of uh, mental disorder. And they didn't classify what that was, but you can imagine it ties in directly with what you were just saying um, in terms of the, yeah, just the pressure that's put on people uh, starting from such a, such a young age where the childhood that you and I probably are more familiar with just doesn't exist in the same way. Yeah, definitely. But I think also like for foreigners, like Westerns who come to Asia, there's also like a, a big issue. So I have a friend who is suffering from a certain disorder and he's just not allowed to take certain medicines within his country here in Asia because they say sure, yeah. you're not allowed to take these medicine within, within our country. Um, you just suffer in a sense. These, yeah, these kind of medicine are not accepted. So it's like it's an issue itself and it's very unspoken, but also probably because a lot of people don't know what it is. They, they don't know about um, you hear here a lot like people saying it's, it's a part of life. Like everyone has right. said, it's a part of life and you just have to live with it, right? Where I believe, no, you should learn to enjoy every single moment of the day instead of, yeah, just keep yeah, living under yeah, such a yeah. pressure. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I think that's true. It's, uh, it's a different way of looking at what matters and probably less emphasis placed on one's uh, current mental state and sort of sacrificing some of that for the society or the family. And again, I think what we're talking about, someone can listen and say, okay, you know, these two guys just rambling on, but like, there definitely, there definitely are differences. And, uh, and it's stuff that I really wouldn't have known had I never left the U S and actually, you know, moved here and spent significant time here and just how the emphasis that's placed on like one sort of individual liberty and happiness is, is definitely, is, it's not seen in the same way here. And, uh, and that ties in directly with just, yeah, the, the lack of awareness and, and actually sort of the stigma that's attached with talking about some of these mental health issues. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I can imagine actually, especially where you are now, Fabian in, in China, that's even more, deep-seated i think singapore is at least opening itself a little bit and gaining a bit more traction for anyone who's been here it's quite western uh so yeah i don't know if your experience is if you see that even more in shenzhen or not um not in shenzhen itself but i recently heard also a story like a girl was diagnosed with depression um mm. within a hospital and she basically got expelled from university because the university said, hey, we don't want someone like you on our university. Wow. It influenced too much like other students. And she was also from a very traditional family itself. So the moment she wanted to talk about it with like her parents or whatever it is, there was no even an understanding. And she's like, I don't know what to do with my life. Like the, 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 the therapists say I have a depression. I get medication for it but I got expelled from university. My parents don't know how to handle me. And now I'm in a situation like, yeah, and what now with my life? So wow. I have a feeling, yeah, yeah, it, it, it doesn't help also. Like we have to find a kind of solution or basically have a place to talk for these people where they can meet, I don't know, people from, from who are experiencing the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that ties in directly uh, with, with a lot of news that was going on in, even in Hong Kong last year. So just looking at like suicide rates among uh, university age students, uh, that was like f I don't even know fourfold in 2016. Just some crazy number compared to 
past years. And I think, again, yeah, a lot of that now is, is uh, just this mounting pressure and, uh, and yeah, ongoing, ongoing underlying stress and then lack of, uh, lack of resources or awareness and kind of topped with the, the, um, the, you know, the, the, like the idea or the image that you have to portray that you have it all under control, which I think is really difficult, especially at that kind of an age where you're, again, your, your mind is, and your brain is still maturing, you're growing, and there's a lot to take in and a lot of, uh, uncertainty in the future. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, you you see the like the the suicide ratio is going higher and higher and like I I read an article like in 2022 um the highest death ratio under 45 will be depression. Uh so it's really yeah. insane and we see these numbers growing definitely in countries like uh, Japan or South Korea where I right. saw like uh, a video where South Korea has like a bridge where there are tons of cameras and this is called the suicide bridge in in seoul itself where the moment well, someone like a is forest in japan right the suicide forest too yeah something like that so it's really yeah, extreme yeah. that there are even names for certain bridges or forests or whatever it is right and that the moment someone is standing on that bridge and not moving for like five minutes there is like some alarm going off in like a control center and then the boats are running out um uh, and yeah, whatever it is, like to prevent that. But there are also like I don't know tons of phones on one bridge where people are who are considering to yeah make an end of their life. They can call, and this actually helps. Wow. But we see that these solutions are already that extreme. Where I think the problem is more in society itself, <laughs> yeah. and you have to solve it there in a sense because you can see like I think a mental disorder in a lot of cases is. You can see like an onion, right? So the moment you don't solve it, there's coming another layer, and there's coming another course, layer, and yeah, there's coming another yeah. layer until yeah, you're you, like you have to you have to get to the crux of the issue, right? Definitely. So I think if you're young and you're educating people at high school or whatever it is already about what is mental health actually, and what is a depression, and what is anxiety, and what can I do it to solve it? Because the moment you start early, you basically prevent that it's uncurable from an age of 40 or 50 years old. Like Correct, yeah. where my mom already has a depression for, for like 20 years old, which is uncurable. And she's going to in, in therapy for a couple of hours a week. And it doesn't make any sense at the end of the day, because there are already so many layers, which basically started on a young age already. So totally. Yeah, it's, it's one of these, um, one of these issues that I think is, again, yeah, really important to to try to address at a young age, and even if not a young age, just have more general awareness for for the population where mm. that information isn't being circulated so much. So, uh, you know, you spoke about Korea earlier, and one study I was reading just out earlier this year was that uh, one in four Koreans uh, experience some sort of mental disorder at least once in their lifetime, so that could even be higher, but then just one in 10 actually seek professional help. So mm. there's a really big disparity there in looking at who it affects and then who is actually having the necessary treatment for mm. what they're experiencing, right? Mm. And it is something that, yeah, if you, do, if you don't, if it goes uh, kind of under the radar, you know, you look at even in Singapore, right? So uh, there was a study out earlier this year on mental illness and, and the the link between uh, patients who suffer from some sort of uh, depression or anxiety or even alcohol abuse 
and how that relates to their own physical health and how now more and more disability is being granted for people um, needing to take time off from work simply just due to uh, some sort of yeah mental ailment that more likely than not is not being treated in the way it needs to be. So yeah, this is something that's hopefully in the coming years uh, going to be addressed uh, at a higher and placed at a higher emphasis throughout these different countries. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, you know, we look at, uh, I think a lot of this actually kind of ties in with sort of what we were talking about before with just general uh, mainstream culture and then societal pressures and, and having to, yeah, have this, this very professional, clean image and, and, and not really being encouraged to discuss feelings or, or states of mind. And I think at least in my own experience, uh, growing up in the U.S. and being from the Midwest, which has this reputation of being a little bit more kind of, I don't know, like friendly and open, uh, there, there, you know, you can find, you can, you can speak pretty openly about this stuff. And I think people will generally understand and having gone through my own share of, uh, of depression and anxiety, I, 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 what, it, it didn't take very long for me to find help and, uh, and get treatment that eventually, uh, resonated with me. And I think that that's kind of the model that we need to hopefully bring to this part of the world uh, a little bit more. So, yeah, no, I, I think the same, like, uh, I think in certain countries here in Asia, it's changing. There's coming awareness for it. Uh, but yeah, that's mainly in the more developed countries like Singapore and Hong Kong. Uh, totally. Yeah. What an interesting thing is actually um, like in China, you see it's not a direct help in a sense, but you see social media has a lot of influence the, the last years about on mental health itself. And you can see, for example, like uh, WeChat. So like Chinese largest social media platform in a sense what is basically all the western social media combined you see they do a very interesting thing like you have a kind of timeline like you have in a in a facebook right uh, yeah. but you cannot see the likes from other people you cannot see the comments from other people only from your common friends so what basically means there's not coming a kind of pressure like i need to get a certain amount of likes on my on my video i need to get a certain amount of comments on my video i need a certain amount of shares or retweets or however you call it on my video um the oh, same is like okay yeah and definitely also in the chat right you have there um like you don't have like your uh, the, the the kind of how you call this in whatsapp that someone read it right like the the, the blue oh the check the, the blue check yeah, yeah <laughs> like the blue check you don't have that on wechat because like wechat says we don't want that because people reply when they have to reply so yeah, it's yeah. basically a very social platform in a sense where i think ah, these kind of things help but when you compare this with like countries as in indonesia where really mental health is such an unspoken thing the moment you get like diagnosed you're coming in a kind of jail which is worse than a jail which i saw in a video where people basically get abandoned from their families and oh, it's awful it's, yeah. it's really awful so you see like the big differences between certain countries and yeah i hope there's coming a change very soon <laughs> for sure yeah that's yeah that's a really that's a really good point that's mm. it's funny about the blue checks too you're like yeah i, I couldn't find i couldn't find it oh my god <laughs> crazy <laughs> yeah no but it, it, yeah it's 
I think it's a big thing. Like when I lived in the Netherlands, right, or in Europe, and like, I got my friends. Why did you not reply my message? You read it, oh, yeah, and I was yeah, like, of course. Come on, I can reply when I want, right? So, <laughs> I think it gives like a. It, you can see like it's these small things, but they basically impact your life itself because oh, okay, yeah, if it happens yes. like. I don't know, once in a year, it doesn't matter. But if this happens like daily from certain friends or whatever it is, it's also like, oh, why did you re reply him or her instead of me in a sense? Yeah, so man, that's, it gives you already a pressure, of, uh, right? It reminds me of like MySpace top friends. I don't know if you ever had that, but that was like, that was a huge deal where I was from like, oh man, you know, John moved me down from number two friend to number four friend. <laughs> oh, damn. Like, no, I never use that. <laughs> oh my God, that was like the worst. <laughs> So yeah, so you, yeah. moved past that point. So, good, good for China actually for kind of it's just those little things that actually can make a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, and I think definitely like in in China itself, if you have already a lot of pressure, the kids, for example, or the youngsters are trying to find an escape on social media where they actually can be someone else than they actually are, which is actually a very bad thing too, right? So actually, you right. want to create something where people feel confident about themselves, are themselves, can relax, can come to themselves and really start enjoying something when they have the spare time. So mm, Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's just trying to always put forth, you know, your good, the mm. good side, showing the good side. And that's, you know, really, it's, it's oftentimes like a very poor indicator of what's actually going on, mm, right? right? So I guess you see... And I'm I'm blanking on his name, but just even recently, uh, the that Korean pop singer, do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, got got shared a couple of times with me. Yeah, yeah, they got that guy. So, from my understanding, at least, you know, his I think his social media was pretty like vibrant. He had like seven million followers, maybe even more. I don't have his Instagram in front of me or anything, but yeah. it's just you know you can you can think that someone has it all together. They are famous. They're rich. But you saw this with uh, Chester Bennington from Linkin Park in the U.S., mm. right? So someone who you idolize in many senses, who you would expect to have it all together, but then mentally there's something that isn't right with them, and you know, and then it causes uh, a tragedy, which we've now seen actually in a few different major celebrity figures this past year. Uh, which again just yeah sheds light sheds light on the fact that even in this day and age with all the uh, advancements we've made and just so many elements of society that this is one uh, that still needs a lot of attention and is not um, not one that's probably going away anytime soon so no, definitely you know one one uh, one article I, I would recommend uh, anyone listen now to check out uh, is from a, a writer, uh, Christina Ling. Uh, this was an op-ed she wrote in the Huffington Post, and it's called Societal Views on Mental Health in Asia Need to Change. So she, she makes a lot of really good points. Um, I'll just highlight two quotes here. So, so she says, The truth is mental health issues are still somewhat of a taboo subject in Asia. They are associated with weakness, guilt, and shame. As a result, the shattered psyches of many are often swept into a corner, left to fester. Why? Well, the stigma surrounding mental health issues is deeply rooted in tradition, traditional Asian values, and numerous studies and case reports on mental health in Asian countries have arrived at the same conclusion. Hmm. 
So it's it's very I mean it's very powerful, very well said. It you know from the research that I've done uh, looking at this issue, it, it totally resonates. So I think yeah, it's it's something going forth that we need to kind of try to break down some of those barriers and, and talk a bit more about, uh, especially with with other people who have who have grown up in these countries. Again, just making the point that Fabian and I are not. Uh, we were not born in Asia. We were not raised in Asia. We've spent time here now, so I think we can offer insight onto how things are a little bit mm. different, both in Europe and the U.S. Uh, compared with Asia. But speaking with someone, uh, both who's working in this field and then also uh, people who've grown up and, and experienced some of this for themselves, is is really powerful to kind of see. Mm. So. Um, yeah. Uh, any anything else on your end? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, yeah, you're talking a lot, right? <laughs> uh, it's okay. You just keep talking. I, I keep listening. Like, no, actually, what I see, like in Asia, right? The culture is also like um, you see that people are not really speaking up on this. So, if I check also other mental health podcasts or whatever it is, it's Western. Yeah, and that's I, a, that's I didn't see any problem, Asian man. thing. And actually, I used to do quite a lot public speaking in Singapore where I every single time brought up my my stuff yeah my depression and anxiety and how I suffered and how this influenced my own company in a sense and what I do against it and you see the moment someone is speaking up on an event or whatever it is actually a yeah what I see here the Asian people they will come to you and they will say hey I recognize something in your story or something like that. It's not that they will speak up, but if there's someone speaking up, they have like a point to listen to in a sense. But yeah, I think there's quite a lot to do still, but you see people are opening here and they start recognizing certain things when other people talk about it. Definitely. So yeah, I think, yeah, like as Gabe said, we're not Asian and <laughs> we're only experienced <laughs> Asia for let's say a couple of years. But I think yeah, you still can do a lot and you can you can help them out in a sense. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah, I mean, again, like uh, some of this probably just has to do with with the way that we're conditioned to to think and behave and and uh, and act on certain things going on in our life. So if if I can imagine, especially for myself, right, if I if I'm born and raised in a in a place where this is really looked down upon and, and sort of uh, framed as a as a personal failure, which which is actually how I still viewed my own my own depression. Right. Is uh, is something that is internally wrong and and like almost shameful. And, and I feel quite guilty for. But I think if that's even exacerbated more in a place where no one is talking openly about it on on podcasts on uh radio on on the news then it makes it that much more difficult to open up and and uh and admit that okay maybe something isn't quite right uh here and i'm not feeling the way i used to and Mm. maybe it's a good time for me to reach out and and talk with someone who can can give me help and Mm. for a lot of people that might not be who you think it is so i know for me initially i was thinking okay my girlfriend will know what to do, so I confided in her, and she had no idea really what to do or what to help me with or any of her suggestions. Just it, it didn't work on me, so 
uh, I think, you know, that's kind of the first uh, thought people might have is, okay, you know, who, who do I confide to? Who do I trust? And oftentimes it might not be someone uh, in your immediate friend or family group, although those people certainly are important and can offer a great support network. Uh, it might be something more than that, like actually considering uh, professional help with which I know Fabian, you and I have both sought and mm. has been uh, helpful, particularly helpful uh, at certain times in my life. Yeah, definitely. I think also yeah. there's a there's a big issue is like there's just no understanding. So it's not even that people don't want to talk about it or they're scared to talk about it or they feel guilt or ashamed. I think they just don't know what it is because basically every time when they started talking about it like uh i've i don't feel good i i don't have motivation to go to school or whatever it is or i don't have to motivation to do anything with my life yeah just got said like it's a part of life but if something right. continues like for a certain amount of time you cannot consider this like as just you're feeling sad because of the time of the year or whatever it is right it's it's developing in a certain mental disorder which can follow you the rest of your life. So yeah, I think it's a very important that yeah, you basically start educating people and talking about it like what it is actually, what is anxiety, right? Because anxiety, right. some people consider that they have anxiety because they, they are super and extremely stressed to do public speaking. But there are also people who consider anxiety as 24-7 the fear that you're going to die, right? Yeah. So I think there's not really an understanding like what is anxiety actually? Because if you have an anxiety disorder, it's more the second thing what's what I said, you have twenty four seven you're living with a certain anxiety instead of you're just scared to or you're stressed because yeah, you have a test at school or you're doing public speaking for your company or whatever it is, right? So I think there's yeah, a absolutely. lack of understanding and definitely here in Asia because yeah, people just don't talk about it what you said because of guilt and shame. Yeah, I mean, even just looking at uh, some research in China, I found, you know, this study came out 2016, less than 6% of people with anxiety or depression, or even substance abuse disorders, uh, seek treatment, which is mm. just absolutely shocking. I mean, yeah, you know, with a country of that population, having so many cases go untreated, uh, and uh, the ramifications that that leads to in terms of um, yeah, lost. I mean, not not only just in the economy with lost productivity, but just the the uh, just the sadness that that places on someone's life and the lives mm. of those around them is something that uh, yeah, it can't it can't continue to go under the radar the way it is now. Definitely, and I think even if you create awareness, right, there will be at the end of the day also more practitioners because there's a big issue in China, for example. There's only one practitioner for hundred thousand people, and if you and if you basically consider that, uh, I don't know, one out three or one out four gets a mental disorder and there's only one practitioner out of 100,000 people in China. But if you see these numbers in India, there's one practitioner for 400,000 people. Wow. So that's extremely that's a, insane. So actually China is doing yeah. great compared with India, right? But if you see the numbers like one out four gets a mental disorder, where are all these practitioners? And then there are practitioners. How do you find the right practitioner for you which understands you which perhaps been in the same situation uh speaks the same language right yeah, is from yeah, the same region in china yeah. for example it's it's really insane so i think awareness is first of all for people who need the help but also to get more practitioners who are yeah able to help 
Totally. So it's a kind yeah, of chicken and egg situation, right? Yeah, that's that's a really good point you make. Just, uh, I guess, resources being spread very thin, mm. and then having the right, the right, uh, the right matchup with someone so that you know you know that you can confide in them, and they're going to offer the the right treatment for you. So mm. finding that um, the the correct or the the right practitioner, someone who's professionally qualified to help is, is super important mm. and one one that uh yeah if you're if you're living in a place uh especially if you're abroad perhaps that's going to be even more challenging so mm. if uh you know if, if for example in singapore there are many french ex- expats who english is their second language of course and so say that they need to find some help here well that's not quite so easy especially if they want to consult with someone in french right so you got to think about these uh, there's, you know, there's a layers of complexity here when it comes to finding the right, uh, the right people f- to help you get yeah, the help that, that you actually need. Correct. I spoke also like, yeah, for experts, it's, it's a difficult thing. Like, let's say you're French and you're looking actually for a French practitioner within Asia or doing online counseling and find someone in France who basically understands your situation that life in Asia is different than in France. So yeah. I did, for example, a therapy session and the practitioner just didn't understand me that I lived in Asia or in Singapore and I had a busy job I had to do extremely, I had long working days in a sense where the practitioner basically said, you just go every hour, you go out for like five minutes and you just take a walk where I was, where I said, this is not able within this kind of culture. Yeah, this is impossible within my culture. I have meetings, I have things going on. And perhaps in Netherlands, that's easier to do in a sense because there's a better understanding of it and you could mention it. But as an expert in in like an Asian country, it's so extremely difficult. And yeah, what you said, like native language is extremely important. So like I'm I'm Dutch, my native language is, is Dutch. So for me, it's important to have a, counselor or a practitioner who also speaks Dutch because otherwise yeah you cannot deep dig enough so I'd for example when I lived in Poland I had a practitioner who spoke English and I spoke English my therapy sessions but I didn't feel any connection because she couldn't mm, interesting yeah yeah dig deep enough in me in a sense and I think like these issues you would also have in Asia because let's say Singapore is like multi-language right so they have oh, totally they, yeah. they have they have Mandarin but they have also Singlish uh, <laughs> and they have, yeah, they have also they English play. right yeah, there's, and, I mean, there's, there's yes, so many languages yeah there, and yeah. So, some of the practitioners probably grew up at home with Cantonese in a sense so if yeah, they're exactly. doing sessions in English it can limit themselves too right and yeah, you have absolutely. the same in Hong Kong you have probably the same like in China where yeah, in Shanghai they speak Shanghainese, and probably that influence also, like your 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 sessions, right? To definitely, find a certain connection yeah. with with yeah, the with language the is extremely important. Yeah, as, as you've said, mm. I think that's a really big part, and and yeah, it is harder, especially in a in a uh, a, a melting pot of cultures and people and places and and ideas. Where I mean, mm. that's that's great for many reasons, but it also can make it challenging. Especially if you look at yeah different dialogues of, of Chinese, Cantonese, Hokkien, uh, Mandarin. Yeah, uh, definitely. So yeah, it's 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 not as easy as it might appear on the surface level. That's mm. for sure. Yeah, that's I think the biggest difference. Also, like when you compare this with the U.S., right? Everyone speaks just <laughs> English in yes, a sense. Yes, where yes. here, <laughs> there are so many different languages in a sense. But 
I think it's also, for example, let's say you're you're Korean American, right? And you grow up at home in Korean, but you haven't. Yeah, you grew up in. So you, your native language is Korean, but you grew up in the U.S. And to find a native Korean counselor or practitioner who can help you and understand your lifestyle in the U.S. is also a thing again. So yeah, I think yeah, yeah there's totally. an issue like globally, and doesn't matter like if you're Western or Asian, but yeah, you see an ex yeah a big issue in Asia now coming up. Definitely, Absolutely. people who start traveling, start living in different countries but still need the help from back home and an understanding of the way how they grew up, right? For sure, yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's, I mean, it's, it's just something that is going to become even more and more uh, increasingly important in the next decade as, as the population continues to grow. Mm. I mean, even just today I was reading how Thailand has experienced, I think, like th threefold the amount of Chinese uh, tourists in the last five years, yeah, right? Yeah. So. We have people traveling way more than they ever used to before, probably in the history of the world. So uh, as as people branch out and, and start to explore new places, it's all the more important that, you know, we we address uh, what I consider to be kind of the fundamental basis of of human interaction and, and life, which is mm -hmm. our, our mental health and, and vitality. Mm -hmm. So as you guys see, uh, Fabian, I've talked quite a bit about some of these issues that we've seen firsthand uh, living here and by no means are we experts in this in this uh, field at all however I think we're trying to again raise just raise more awareness at this point and and hopefully uh, instill a bit more uh, conversation and with at least for me the end goal would just be to try to erase you know the stigma again that's associated with with uh, just the word mental health or, or mental il illness, mm. which generally conjures up uh, a lot of negative thoughts and, and sort of maybe even repulses some people, right? Yeah. Uh, so this was uh, a bit of a rough go for the first episode, but I really appreciate and thank everyone for listening in. Uh, for the next show and for coming shows, we're going to be talking a bit more uh, about our own personal experiences with mental health, uh, which both Fabian and I have uh, experienced quite in depth. And then going forth, we'll have some interviews with practitioners uh, around around Asia that we've interacted with mm -hmm. who can help uh, yeah, get the word out more and, and uh, explain some of the resources and their own methodology behind the practice, as well as have guests on uh, locals here, Singaporeans, Chinese, uh, maybe Korean, Taiwanese, whatever, whoever we can find in our network uh, to to come on and if they're willing, uh, either anonymous or not, share their own story and experience and uh, grow from there. So thank you guys so much. Yeah, really thanks great. a lot for listening. I hope you enjoyed it, the first one. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're really grateful again to just get this kick this off and get it going and uh we'll we'll see you back here for the next one awesome thank you guys thank you cheers mm -hmm.